Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. He's a good God. And I'm sticking with that all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles to Matthew 13. We've been talking about a number of things, but they all seem to be related. We, in the past several weeks on Friday night, we've been talking about several things. And uh, tonight, you know, I titled the message, "Hearing uh, 2020 Hearing. And you always have 2020 vision. Well, in the spirit, you can't have 2020 vision, spiritually speaking, without having good hearing. You need 2020 hearing because the hearing is what produces the vision. What you hear is what produces what you see. You know, so many times, even in the natural, you know, we've talked about this before. If I said tan dog, then everybody got a picture of a tan dog. Now, everybody didn't get the same picture because they got the picture of the dog they knew, right? Like we used to have a golden retriever. He was tan, and I thought about him. Some people thought about the tan dog that bit him, right? <laughs> and so they say tan dogs are mean. Well, that's not experience. That's lack of experience, right? You'd say, well, no, my experience is that tan dogs are mean. Why? Because I had one that bit me. Well, that doesn't mean all tan dogs are mean. Right. A- amen? In fact is, the truth is, most tan dogs are nice. You know, there's, a, there's only a few of them that are mean. And, and so we judge things too many times by, by our lack of experience, and we call it experience. We, we judge God by experience. We say, well, you know, I've heard people say, well, I prayed last night, and then I woke up, and something bad happened. That was the answer to my prayer. No, that wasn't the answer to your prayer. And you should keep trying to experience God, because what you just experienced was not God. But now, because of that experience, they've now decided that is a characteristic and quality of God, and you could find some good religious people to back that up for you. Right? Sometimes you pray, get something good. Sometimes you pray, get a rattlesnake in your bed. No, that's not true. But they'd say, well, you know, if he made you sick, maybe you learned something. No, he don't make you sick. He didn't have sick to make you with. He couldn't do it, Period. I was going to say if he tried, but he wouldn't try because he, he, he actually conquered sickness. So he's by, by no means going to use it to teach. Right? It's not a teaching tool. God doesn't use evil to teach. Now, he may, he may if you put your hand on the stove, he'd say, I told you not to do that. Right? But he didn't, he, didn't go, he didn't grab your hand and say, there, now that's hot, now don't ever do that again. Right? None of us would do that to our kids, but we do tell them it's hot. But unfortunately, even when my mom told me it was hot, I was still dumb. Enough. Is it really? <laughs> Guess you're right, Mom. Of course, my, my mom, she didn't get any burn ointment. She said, he said, what should I say? Yeah, no, she'd say, no flame would kindle upon you. You can walk through the fire and not be burned, neither will any flame kindle upon you. I got verses instead of ointment. <laughs> yeah, well, they worked. Right? Verses backed by faith in the verse, they work. Amen? But, but we, we don't want to use our limited experience to judge our vision of the Father or our vision of the Word or our vision of anything to do with God. We don't want to judge our characteristics just like we don't want to judge every tan dog by the one that bit us. Because then you'll never have... And, and you know, you got other people that just say, I've never seen God, there's not one. Wow. Well, there... They're judging everything by a lack of experience. Yeah. 
Amen? And, and, and in doing so, they'll never see a vision of the Father or hear what He says. They'll never be able to hear it because they've written Him off. Amen? And, and, and in doing so, you, you, you take away your ability. First, he, they take away their very ability to be saved until they'll come to a place where they'll say, there is a God. But see, even after you say there is a God, then your vision of God begins there. Your vision of God begins at the day of salvation. When, when we're saved, we begin hearing about God to where we have ears to hear. When you're not saved, you don't have ears to hear. You, 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 you need to hear about being saved so you can hear about our good God. So we tell you about our good God so that you can come to Him and then you can begin to experience who He is as you read His Word. And in, uh, in Matthew 13, in, in starting in verse 14... Jesus talking about people, these people. He said, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and you shall not understand, which means you're deaf and blind from the word of God, um, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. The word understand and perceive, basically the word perceive means understand. So you'll understand or you understand. And that's the thing. You don't understand anything about God if you don't hear truth. You may hear something, but you need to hear truth. You have to hear what's true about God to truly know God. An experience that somebody else had concerning God does not make it truth. Unless their experience ended in victory because of His Word and the faith in His Word, then it probably wasn't truth at all. But when people say, well, I prayed this happened, so in my experience, this is how God reacts to this. That's, you don't need experience to find out how God reacts. you got the Word right here. It tells us how He reacts to everything. It says He's good and He does good. That's how He reacts to everything. Right? He's good, so when something happens, He goes, oh, I'm going to get some good over here. I'm going to do good. If something bad happens, He says, I'm going to do good. So it's good. Anytime He moves, good happens. And so we don't, we don't have to wonder about it. So if you want to gather your vision about him, you have to keep on going in, in this vein. You've got to begin to hear and understand, see and perceive. Because when we begin to hear and understand, then when we... When we look, that's what Jesus was trying to do. Jesus preached a great big long message starting in Matthew 5. It ended somewhere about the middle of Matthew 7, and he preached it, well, it's the same one that was preached in Luke and other places. But what he, what he started out by saying was, hey, you've heard it, you have heard it said. You have heard, this is where you got your vision. That's what Jesus was saying. Here is where you got your vision. You've heard it said that if you do this, or eye for an eye, or... He says it several times in in Matthew 5. He'll say, you've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say. And what's he really doing? He's not getting rid of eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. He's giving you a a greater vision of God. This is how God had to be here. But now, this is who God truly is and always has been. In in the law, it had to be black and white. It was the law. And it was the only way to do it. And and that was it. There was no Holy Spirit. There was no salvation. You, you had law. But then when Jesus came, he said, you've had the law, but, but I say this, love your enemies. 
right? It contradicted I for I. No, it added to I for an eye, tooth for tooth. It, you know what? It, 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 it brought it to a new light. It brought, it brought God to a new vision. And that's why the Pharisees didn't like it. Because they couldn't see God that way. Why? Because they couldn't hear what Jesus said. The Pharisees could not... It, it, Jesus even said it. What was it in like John? John... Uh, it was in John. John something. I got it though. Trust me, I got it. Somewhere in here. John. Uh, it says John eight forty three. He said, why don't you understand my speech? In other words, why, why can't you understand my sayings? Even because you cannot hear my words. And, that, and that's what he was saying. You can't hear my words, so your vision of God will not change until you choose to hear my words. It's not that they couldn't have repented, turned. That's what he said. He said in, this, in these verses we're just in, in Matthew, he said, for, for this people's heart is waxed gross. I don't know what waxed gross is, but it's clogged up. Amen? And that's truly what he's saying. I mean, think about, I, was, I woke up one morning and, and I had uh, years ago, and I had an ear that was either infected or something's wrong with it, and I'm, tra- and I'm trying to hear the TV. And I couldn't. Why? Because there was something in my ear. And that's what he's saying. There's something else in your ear that's blocking you from hearing what God would have you say and seeing who God truly is. And, and that's what religious tradition will do to us. That's, that's what the, when people say heals sometimes, sometimes he doesn't. That, that's religious tradition because we know that would make his word not true because he's already said he healed everybody. Jesus did it by the stripes on his back. So it's a, it's a done deal. Now, if your experience isn't that, it's not your experience, it's your lack of experience. We want to work towards our vision of God until that is our experience. The greater your vision of God, the greater your experience. Amen? Because your vision of God is your for sure of God. This is what I'm certain of about Him. Amen? And, that, and that's what we're looking at. We want, we, want to, we want to say this is what I'm certain of. That's the truth you know. Amen? The truth you know will make you free. Know means understand and perceive and be sure of. So the truth that you be sure of is the truth that makes you free. It's not just the truth. It's the truth that you be sure of. And the truth you be sure of is the truth you have a vision of. It's not something you've seen out here. It's something you've seen in here. Every vision and understanding comes from your heart. Amen? You know why you think all tan dogs bite? Because when it bit you, that got in your heart. And so every time you saw a tan dog, your heart remembered that you got bit by a tan dog. When somebody's mean to you, that's why God says forgive, get rid of these things. Because we have an ability to hold on. And then every time a situation comes on, comes in, that unforgiveness comes back up. Why? Because you didn't forgive. And you're holding on to it. And when you're holding on to these things, it, it impedes on your vision of God because if you can't forgive, you can't see what He's like. He's for, he forgave you of everything. So if you can't forgive, your, your vision of Him is messed up because you could be just like Him and forgive. And, and that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're wanting to be. And we're wanting our hearts not to be waxed gross. Whatever waxed gross is, it sounds awful. Let's not do it. Let's just make a pact right now. 
no wax gross in our hearts. Amen? For their, why is it wax gross? Because their ears are dull of hearing. So in other words, they're not, they can't hear to break whatever's blocking the, the heart. Amen? Their eyes have closed lest at any time, any time, this, this is what tells you, at any time, if they would start hearing and start looking, they would gain understanding. And the minute they gained understanding, their, their, their vision of God would increase and they would have what they were, they'd now have, be able to have some of the things they've been going without because of the blockages. Amen? They got a loss of hearing. Why? Their ears are dull because they're full of untruth. Truth makes you free. Untruth blocks your ears. Amen? The, the things that block a Christian's ears especially... Are, are so simple because they're selfish. Anytime you find yourself being selfish, if you're thinking about you, you know how to never be offended? Quit thinking about you. Right? It's, it's real easy. Don't think about you. Because when you get offended, I can't believe they said that about who? Me. You had to say me. You, you, and, and there's an easy way not to be offended. Quit being selfish. Quit thinking about you. Why? Love keeps no record of wrongs done to it. <laughs> what if what if God what if God were like that? Right? You, he'd be hurt by us all the time. I saw a sign one time that said uh, something about he broke something for you. Don't break his heart. And I'm like, we don't break God's heart. And, he, and he's a faith God. He believes what he did accomplished it for everybody. He's just waiting on you to come in. Amen. When you do something stupid, he still believes in you. That's what parents do. Right. <laughs> Good, good fathers, man, they believe in you no matter what. My dad, he had to just shake his head when I walked home sometimes, but he still believed in me. He, he, he thought I'd make it. He, he said, you'll make it. Keep, keep it up. And of course, Mom, she wouldn't let me not make it. Amen? It wasn't even an option not making it. And, and that, but that's, that's, the, that's the visions of God that we have to keep. That's the truths that make free. Look at that verse. Look at John eight thirty one. And and remember, John eight forty three. Just down from these verses is where he said, "You can't hear my speech because, or you can't, you don't know my speech because you can't hear my voice, or you can't hear my sayings, you can't hear my words." Is what he said. And and if you can't hear his words, you're never going to get a vision of God, because Jesus is a perfect vision of God. And so we've got to hear his words to have that. And Jesus came and was giving us a better picture of the Father because we had been separated by sin. And in that separation, he brought us back close where we could see the Father. And he said, he said, love your neighbors. He said, if somebody slaps you on the face, turn the other cheek. And everybody's going, oh, no, no. No, the Bible says if they slap you, slap them back. If they do this, do that. And, and that's what the law said. There were consequences for every action. Now there's mercy and grace. And, and the Pharisees are like, no, that's not God. He's mean. He's mean and harsh, and you've got to be legalistic. You've got to do it this way, this way, and this way. And you cannot heal on the Sabbath. Of course, they didn't heal on any day, but for sure not the Sabbath. Amen? Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, and that word continue means to abide, um, to remain in. And what he's literally saying is if, if you don't take on another opinion, or experience as truth 
and continue in, in what is truth, then it will make you free. Because the truth you know, the truth you understand and perceive makes you free. It's, it's, not, it's not just the truth. You know, people, I used, to, I used to read the Bible on a constant basis when I was in trouble thinking it would get me out of all my problems. But it won't because I didn't know it as truth. I just knew it as it's, it, it surely could help me because it can't, I can't get any worse. So let's, let's read, 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 you know. And those things, those things don't get you anywhere because they didn't change my vision. I needed a vision of the Father. I needed a vision of love. I needed a vision of who I needed to be, what I needed to do, what, you know, not, not what it, what's going to make me feel good, what's going to help me, what's going to get me out of this. What, what does God have for me? And, and, and as you, cause as you get a vision of the Father, and then He says, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And so now He's saying, this is what God's like. Get a vision of Him, cause that's what you're supposed to be like. Amen? And as we do those things, we find ourselves in this truth that we know. It says, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know, understand, be sure of the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And, you know, because people quote that verse all over. I mean, I hear that on news stations that don't even know God. And, of course, they're talking about some other truth anyway, their truth, your truth, his truth. They're never talking about God's truth. And I don't care what news channel you're on. They ain't talking about God's truth. Because <laughs> God's truth is truth. There's no way around it. That's all there is to it. And, and, and when you settle that in your heart, then you can begin to know truth. Because now you've settled it that God cannot lie. Once you settle these things in your heart, now you can move on to a greater vision of who God is. And that's what Jesus was trying to do as he walked the earth. He was trying to show, he was trying to talk and, and his sayings. He said, if you hear these sayings and do them, you first have to hear them and then do them. Right? And he said, he said the one that hears them and does them is like the man that built his house on the rocks. The one that hears them, he still heard them, but doesn't do them. Uh, now, he heard them. You can hear there's a lot of noises going on in this room right now. But depending on which one you're listening to, that's what you're getting the most out of. <laughs> if you're listening to the air conditioners buzz mostly, then you're, maybe you're getting cooled off. I don't know. <laughs> but, but if you're listening to when I read a scripture, it's an anointed word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the anointed word. And, and it's, it's, it's where we have to go. Because why? Because you're hearing what God's like. You're hearing who God is. And you're learning that he's a good God. And he wants good things. And he came to save, not to destroy. He came to that you, wouldn't be peri- that you would not perish but have everlasting life. And, and he's saying keep these words. In other words, these other, these other ideas, these other opinions, these other experiences, if you will, or lack of experiences, don't hold on to those and don't keep them first place in your life because they're not first place. They're not true. They're experiences that tried to judge who God was and it's not God. Look back at Proverbs 4. We've been in this verse a lot in the last month, several months. Proverbs 4.20. says, my son, attend to my words. And then he goes right into it. Incline your ear. What's he saying? Hear 
You need to hear my words. You need to hear my sayings. Why do you need to hear his sayings? Because that's how you find out who he is. That's how, that, that's how, we, that's how we, we don't judge, but that's how we get our vision of God. Amen? And, and if, in that vision, you don't want to let loose of what he said. Not what people said about him. What did he say? What did Jesus say? In, in Hebrews, it says Jesus was the express image of the Father. So everything that Jesus did was exactly what God did. Amen? And he didn't go any place where he said, mm, I can heal this half of the room, but it's not God's will to heal this half. Right? He didn't say, he didn't come off, he didn't, he didn't come raised from the dead and come up and say, I came to save 50% of the people. No, he came to save all. All. Every person ever born on this planet, he has purchased salvation for. Amen? And, and these, these are the things that we've got to keep in our ears and in our eyes about who God is because Jesus is that picture of who God is. He said, incline your ear. Why? Because your ear is where you're going to get the vision. And let them not, what? Let the words, the sayings, not depart from your eyes. Why? Because the word you heard is where you got the vision. When I said tan dog, everybody saw a tan dog because you had to hear tan dog first. And then your vision of tan dog came. And the more word you put in you, the more truth you know when something comes up, the truth comes up. Not opinions or experiences, not ideas or concepts, but truth that has made you free. What's it made? It's made you free of whatever's coming against you right now. Why? Because it's the truth you know. And as you know that truth, it's making you free. It's keeping things from being able to happen to you, and it's giving you victory over things that are trying to happen to you. Amen? And these are the things we're looking for. As we grow, and when I started teaching Bible studies years before the church started, my goal, and God put in my heart, was to help people see who He truly was. Because at that time, I'd finally got, got it right that He's just good. And He just loves us. And there were so many people. I had been to churches and different places and, and so many great people that had a horrible vision of God and they were super people. And you know what was more, what surprised me more is they were still serving Him. And they, they didn't have a great vision of Him, but yet they still served Him. Why? Because we can't go to hell. Right? And, and I guess that's good. But man, sir, it's like your child. Do you want them serving you because they're afraid of you or you want them serving you because they love you? Amen? You know, if, if my daughter does something for me, I want to know she didn't do it to get something else. She just did it because she loves who I am. And she has a good vision of me. Amen? I want her to have a good vision of me. God wants us to have a true vision of Him because it can only be good if it's true because He only is good. It says, pay, pay attention to my words. Incline your ears unto what I'm saying. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them. How do they get in your heart? Where is, by the way, where you understand. If you're going to understand, it's going to be in your heart. People want to understand in their head, but you'll lose that. Head knowledge is flesh knowledge, and it's carnally minded. You don't, want, you don't want to know about God up here. You want to know about God in here. And he's saying, take my word, 
Get a vision of who I am and then put it in your heart so that every time somebody says, hey, you know God, then a vision of goodness comes, a vision of love. You always have the right answer then. Why? Because the right vision came up. When somebody says, God, God did this to make me do this, and you automatically, you're like, no. And you don't get on to them. You just say, and say no, it's, because you can immediately judge what's truth and what's not. You don't have to yell at the people. You know, I found in Bible study, arguing never taught anybody anything, and we had a lot of people didn't like what I was telling them. It's amazing how people will fight for their right to be sick, fight for their right to be broke, fight for their right to have horrible lives instead of fighting for their rights that Jesus bought and paid for in the book. And, but you know what? They want to know that God's good. And as we began to teach that way, people began to come, people we didn't even know. Why? Because they wanted to hear this crazy guy that believed everything God would ever do was good for you because they had never heard that right here in the United States of America. What they had heard was experience or lack of experience. They'd heard all ten dogs bite, right? And that's what they believed. Why? Because, well, one bit my mom years ago, and she taught us that ten dogs bite. So now I know that ten dogs bite. I've got to teach my kids that ten dogs bite, and we've got to teach them that ten. And, and so now you've got a whole lineage of ten dogs bite. And all they'd have had to do was go get a nice tan dog. And they could have renewed their mind and loved tan dogs. Or it could have stopped right there. You know, and this stopped with my mom, and, I, and I'm so thankful to this day, and I know I talk about it maybe more than I should, but I'm so thankful that one day she got a hold of truth and she began to show us that all the stuff that we'd heard and seen and learned was not truth. And she began a quest to let everyone she could ever know how good God was. And she never stopped until she left this earth. Yeah. <clears throat> she probably still hasn't stopped. She's probably still telling God how good he is. That's right. God's saying, I, yeah, I, I'm the good. And she goes, ah, but I want you to know how good you are. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and he is a good God. And, but I'm thankful that she broke that tan dogs or bite. Because that's what she did. If it, if it doesn't get changed somewhere, it's going to continue. And there's going to be religious tradition here, religious tradition, where it doesn't have to be that way. Because Jesus himself didn't want them to see the law. He wanted them to see the goodness of God. The law was the goodness of God for the time it was in. But then he said, I fulfilled this. Now do this. Because why? Because you can they didn't have the love of God shed abroad in their heart. You do. Now you can. Now someone can slap you, and you don't have to slap them back. Well, ain't nobody going to slap me. They slap me, I'm slapping them back. Then you're going to do it outside of the Word of God. Right? If you want an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, if you want justice, you can get it all day long. But you're going to get it too. I don't want justice. I want the righteousness of Christ that God gave me, not something I tried to earn on my own because I ain't getting it that way. I can tell you that right now. Amen? Glory to God. This is good stuff. We should, we should teach this more often. God's, God's helping us right now. Amen?
Thank you, Lord. And, and, and the way we, the, the, the situations that we're in will decide how we hear many times. So, you know, in these situations, just like that, if the tan dog bites and it continues on, it's the situation you're in that has, that's made it keep going. And, but in, in the present situation, say, say you woke well, here's a good, good example. Anybody ever wake up in a bad mood? Nah, none of you did. One time, one time in 1973, I did. And, but, you know, if you do, I, I remember if we thought our dad woke up in a bad mood, we most certainly didn't go ask him for something right then. Right? Why? Because we didn't feel like his heart was going to be inclined towards us right then. Right? So you're waiting on the good mood to ask. And so many times, if somebody comes to you and tells you something, your attitude is going to decide what you hear. It's going to decide how you hear. Remember Jesus said, be careful how you hear. And why was he saying? Because it's the place you're at when you hear is how you're going to take it. Amen? If you're set in your heart that God's not good and somebody starts telling you how good he is, then all you're going to do is throw out every experience you ever had that proves that he's not. Why? Because you weren't at a place you could receive. Why? Because we threw the seed and it hit the wayside. It hit, it, hit, it hit the hard soil, and now the birds of the air are eating it up. Amen? And I'll give you an example. Look at the, the uh, rich young ruler in uh, Luke, Luke 18, the rich young ruler. He's a, he's a perfect example. Um, start. Uh, we know the story. He comes running to Jesus, and, and he says, Master, Master, uh, what, must I, uh, what must I do to inter- inherit eternal life? And in verse, what, 22... Verse 22, yeah, 1822. Well, and after, after he says, what my, must I do? Jesus said, you know the law. You know, you know the law. Don't, don't kill, don't steal. Honor your father and mother. And immediately he says, all these I've done. Right? Works. I've done them. I've done them. <laughs> and Jesus says, yeah, but you lack one thing. You lack one thing. He said, yeah, you did them, but you lack one thing. Sell all you have and distribute unto the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And you know, I don't think he ever heard and come and follow me. Because he was rich, and he couldn't see past his stack of money. He couldn't see past the things that he'd put before God. Everything we put before God will block our vision of God. When when he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, what he was saying is, put me first all the time and everything else will be added to you. What's he saying? He's saying, everything that you put before me will block you from having me. It'll block, it'll block your vision of me, it'll block, block your hearing of me, and it'll block your understanding of me. That's why he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first my way of doing and being right. Seek the way I do it. Seek, seek the truth about me, and all these things will be added unto you. But you've got to seek that first. And, that's what he, he, and, so, and you can see it's a perfect example because when he said it, uh, he said, you lack one thing. 
And, then, and like I said, I don't think you ever heard come follow me because that should, would bring you joy. Wait a second. I just got on the team Jesus. Right? It doesn't matter what else you lost. You just got on team Jesus. Amen? And, and I don't think you ever heard that. And why? Because he couldn't hear. Because he could never get past sell all you have. I don't even know if he said the truth. He said, sell all I have and give it. And, and he, what he really heard was, you got to be poor to serve me. And that is not what Jesus said. But how we hear is affected by where we're at and, and what we believe. And, and so what, what he heard, what, it, what he heard was, you, you got to be poor. You, you can't serve me. And really what Jesus was saying is, you can't have this ahead of me. If you'll put this behind you and put me in front, you'll, this, this will not be a problem. Put me in front. What did he say? Come follow me. How do you follow somebody? You put them in front. What was he following right now? The money. There's the money. i got to follow the money. The money's what I got. The money's who I am. The, I, got, I, I, earned the, uh, I earned this money by the sweat of my brow, but I earned it. i got to follow it. I can't give it up. And, and what you're following is what's leading you. And what he said was, come, let me lead you. Put me in first place and let me lead you. In, in other words, see me greater than that because I am. Amen? And when we do that, then we put God in a place where now we can see who he truly is and we can begin to know truth that makes free. But until we, until we put God in his place, you can't know truth and you won't hear right. It says right there, he said, he, he was sad when he heard this. When he heard this, he was sad. Now, there would have been millions of other people that are, I won't say millions, but thousands that were following Jesus at that time. That Had they heard this, they would not have been sad. They would have said, oh, follow Jesus? Yeah. But because of what was first place in his life, th- this is where he decided where things were. And he decided that I can't follow God and have money. And that's not what Jesus said at all. But his hearing was corrupted by his vision. Amen? Because what he heard gave him the vision. And the vision was God wants me poor. God don't want nobody poor. Jesus wasn't poor. Right? He had a well-financed ministry. He had to have it. You never heard him talking about money problems. Right? You didn't hear about the message where he stood up and said, Okay, guys, I'm not making it to the next city if you people don't give. Right? We're just not. This ministry is going to shut off right now, and we're going somewhere else, some way else, because you guys aren't giving enough. you got to give. you got to give. I need, I need, I need, I need. Never heard that. Why? Because he put God first. God told him what to do. When you put God first, to seek the kingdom of God first, all these things will be added to you. He didn't have, he didn't have, there's so many things that we spend time on in our faith lives, if you will, that if you'll read Jesus, he never spent time on them. You know, you never said, I'm believing, believing for money, believing, believing for money, believing, 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 I'm believing, I'm believing, B-L-E-A-V-I-N, believing. You never heard, you never said, Jesus, wait, I got to have six more scriptures on my mirror because something's just not going right. I got to have six more. I don't have enough scriptures on my mirror. I, I, I need to go to church three more times. I got I to gotta find a conference. Something's got to happen. No, because why? He was certain. 
he was sure of the truth he knew. His father was a good father. People say, well, but he was Jesus. He was a man. He stripped himself of the title, came as a man. See, these are some of those things that people don't like to hear. (laughs) Why? Because it changes your vision of Jesus. Because what people would like to think is we can't do this, but Jesus can. And Jesus never said that. In other words, Jesus actually said greater works would we do. We better get on it, huh? (laughs) I don't think all the books in all the world are filled yet with what the church has done. So we got some some work to do yet. Because it said in John that he supposed all the books in all the world couldn't be filled with all the things Jesus did. That's pretty good. That's pretty good testimony, amen? Thank you, Lord. When he heard this, he was sorrowful because he was rich. And then Jesus said, how hard, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Then you got a vision of what the disciples saw. Because they immediately heard this and they said, who can be saved? They must have been rich. Right? Because they're immediately like, oh, hey, wait, Jesus, who can be saved? And he didn't say you couldn't be. He said how hardly. But see, they didn't hear the hardly. We want to listen to everything God says. It's, it's so many times that I have people call and they say, God told me to go. And I said, did you listen to the rest of the sentence? Because many times he'll say next year right after that. Or many times he'll say, go here or go there. And, and they just heard go and then they added their part of the sentence to it. And I've done that and it's really not good. You end up in places you don't want to be doing things you don't like. And, and so if, if we hear from God, okay, well, then, then, then he doesn't mind if you ask questions. And he may say, take the first step and then I'll give you the answer to your second question. Most of the time he will. But he doesn't mind if you ask questions, but you're better off to ask questions than just to jump with your sentence on his. Amen? That was free. wasn't even in the notes. There you go. Amen? Because what we hear is in how the position we're in when we hear is, is what we're going to receive from. It's what we're going to receive our vision from, and it's what we're going to receive our understanding from. If you look at the parable of the sower, and we'll end with that, Matthew 13. You know, I get all these notes, and we only use like half of them, but they're sure fun to get. Amen? We use the ones that God gets to us, right? That's the one. And actually, some of these notes were in messages before, and so I figure eventually we'll get to them in some other message, amen, as the Lord leads, you know. So in Matthew 13, he says he talks about the parable of the sower. Matthew 13, verse 19, he starts, and he starts describing each, each uh, instance because they ask, we, we don't understand. He said, you don't understand? He said, how are you going to understand anything? He said, he said, well, here, let me explain it to you. When one hears, every one of these hear, okay? But what they hear is, is decided by where their heart is. This, this one has a hard heart. If you have a hard heart, we all know that the children of Israel didn't enter in to the promised land because they had a hard heart. A hard heart, an evil heart of unbelief. And it says... The, the one that hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not. So why did they not understand it? They got a hard heart. They, 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 couldn't under, they, they couldn't receive. Have you ever tried to plant seed on concrete? 
it won't grow. Well, hard soil is the same way. It won't grow. It would take some serious redoing of that ground to ever grow anything in it. It won't even grow weeds. I mean, we need to drive more on our lawn. <laughs> Wouldn't grow weeds even. <clears throat> so they, they don't gain, what, they hear, but they don't get any understanding. Why? Because it gives them no vision of who God is. With no vision, no understanding. And with no understanding, the, the, the enemy just immediately comes and snatches away the seed that was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was received by the wayside. And in verse 20, it says, But he that received the seed into stony places, this, uh, he is that hears the word, and anon, we don't know what anon means, but if I were a senior fellow, I would. <laughs> and anon, with joy, he receives it. In other words, he hears it and he likes it. But he's still got stuff blocking his vision. And so what he's hearing is, it's kind of like whenever I was believing to get out of debt because I was in so deep. I could hear all these great verses, you know, your God will meet all your needs according to But I was hearing them selfishly only. Why? Because... I needed, it. I needed everything that was in these verses. So everything about them was selfish, and it was all towards me. So I would look at them with joy, but then the minute it didn't happen, I'd be like, well, God, I read your word, and I was in the Bible, and I went into church, and I sat in the front row. I sang really loud. I helped in the youth. I did this. I did that. And, and that's not what we do. That's not how you get things from God. But when you're shallow... <laughs> shallow shallow people that have stones in their in their in their ground that's what you see because that's how you hear you hear and and, and people that hear like that are the ones that are easily offended when, when you're carnal you're easily offended you, you'll get to a certain place but then somebody in the church will say something you don't like and your your heart's on your sleeve and now you're sulking in church Okay, I'm going to tell you, the last place you should sulk is in church. At least put your church face on for church. But better yet, get unoffended. Let's make it real simple. Quit being offended. Forgive them. You'd have to forgive them to quit being offended. Chances are they don't even know that they hurt your feelings. Amen? But, but it's carnal when we do those things. And, 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 and those kind of things, they're going to happen, and everybody's gotten offended and gotten hurt. But it's time we grow up and we learn from the parable of the sower. And I think that's what Jesus was saying. If you don't understand this parable, you're not gonna go, it's not going to go well for you because this is the parable you need to understand. You can't be hurt. Amen? You're unhurtable. Is that a word? It's a senior fellow word. It's right here from the Faith Life Institute. <laughs> Amen. So, so we don't want to be fleshy and stubborn. You know, the first one was calloused and stubborn. The second one was fleshy and easily hurt. And, and easily hurt people are unreasonable. Have you ever been hurt? You're unreasonable when you're hurt. Right? Even when you're a little kid. Don't put that on. <laughs> it's going to make it better. But you're unreasonable. Why? Because you're hurt. It's like a dog when it's hurt. It bites you. That's unreasonable. That's what we do when we're hurt. We bite people. That's unreasonable. Right? If we want to be better, we, we, want, to, we, we want to get not hurt. 
We want to get to a place. And how do you do that? The easy, there's one easy way to get rid of selfishness, love. Love stamps out selfishness. So what you do is you take your big sifter of love and you sift out all those stones. And fa- what falls back down is that good soil. Amen? You take the stones, throw them out. Why? Because all they were was offense and hurt. You didn't need them anyway. They're not going to help you grow one thing. They can be gotten rid of. Love is the answer to every one of these things, actually. It's the answer to hard ground. Love's the biggest tiller you'll ever see. It'll till that ground up and make it soft. What verse are we on? 21? No, that was, that's where we just left. 22. And, he, and also he that received the, the seed among thorns. This is the young, rich young ruler. The thorns, have you ever seen, I had a garden like this. I, I, when I was younger and we lived next door to my grandma, we planted a garden because her husband planted a garden and he wanted us to plant a garden too. I'd never planted a garden. I'm like, okay, let's plant a garden. I had so much vegetables that I don't even eat and they just kept growing. <laughs> but the one thing I don't like about gardens is if you don't weed them, they look just like the rest of the yard. <laughs> if you don't weed your garden... It does not stand out from the rest of the yard. Amen? If you don't weed your life, if you don't get these thorns and bristles out of your life, they'll blend right in with what's supposed to be God. And they'll block your vision of who He is and your hearing. You won't hear Him because you've always got something else in the way. You've always got something else blocking you, just like the rich young ruler. His money was blocking him. His job, his business, his, his life, his, his kids. His, there's always going to be something that you can put ahead of God. And that's what this, this is. These are, the people that, these are the people that hear the seed, but there's so many things ahead of God that he never gets a place to where he can help them. He's got to have the place. That's why he wants that place. It's not because he's got a big head. He, he loves. He is love. And he want, everything he wants, he wants for you. If he wants to be first, it's because it's best for you, not him. It's just where he operates from. He, he can't operate from the back because he's not pushing you. He's leading you. Amen? And, and as he leads you, he can take you to the right places doing the right things. And the money you thought you'd never have, you, you run right over it and don't notice it because you're too busy following God, but now it's in your bank account. Amen? Because why? Because he's a good God doing good things. And your vision of him, it has to be from him in the front, not him in the back. If your vision of God is back here, and a lot of people think their vision's not of God in the back, but the only time we call on him is when we got a problem. Why? Because he's back there. Uh, God, I need to take you out of the back. I need you in the front for a few days. No, I I don't want you here forever. Do you realize that he can't do that? He's either in the front or he's not helping. And 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 you guys maybe never did that, but I know that I did. I only went to him when I needed something. That's not following God. That's having God follow you just in case you need Him. Amen? And, and, and all Christians can get into that. Everybody, it's easy to get into that. Why? Because you're walking along and everything's going good. And all of a sudden, it's like when you're a little kid, you think you're with your parents and you look around and they're gone. And now you're lost. 
Your parents aren't lost. You are. Mrs. Moore would say your parents are. But why? It's because you were walking with your eyes on what you wanted and you got away from what you should have been following. That's why parents, when you got little kids, hold your hand. And that's why God said, I'll hold your hand. I'll hold your hand and I'll lead you. But you actually, you know, to hold somebody's hand, you really, they have to hold back. You ever, you, I remember when Ramsey's little, you know, they get to that age. Uh, hold my hand. No. Hold my hand. No. Why? Because they're too big. They don't need to anymore. But then you try to hold their hand and it's like a mushmelon. And especially if you're like me and you feel like you're crushing it now because she's a little bitty girl. And that's not good. You need somebody to hold your hand back. God will hold your hand, but you've got to hold his hand back. Amen? And, and, and that's so many times we're, we're walking along like this, and then all of a sudden we stop and we go, oh, there's a problem. Where's God at? God? God, i got a problem. And, you know, really, you wonder why it takes so long to fix, and what it took long to fix was you getting them back in the right place. It wasn't God that took the time. It was you because you got so far ahead of him, he had to get back in place. It took seven years for me one time to get him back in the lead. I sure hope I don't do that too many more times because that's a hassle. And it was an awful seven years. I can tell you that right now. I didn't even, when I came home, I didn't even tell Kim about my days because they were, they stunk. I was trying to think of a better word. The word I was actually thinking of, I wasn't going to say. They were bad. Amen? But, but that's what we do uh, when we have the, the thorns and the weeds and the things like that. They're blocking who God really should be in our life, and they're taking a place where he isn't now. Amen? And, and that's, that's, that, as, as Christians, that's probably the number one thing I see so often in my own life and probably other people that talk to me is... I'm not, I'm not putting God where he belongs, but yet I want him to do what the first place would do. But I want him to do it from third place. And I only want him to do it as long as I need him to, and then I want to take the lead back. That's what little kids do. <laughs> so I guess what we're saying is we need to grow up. Amen? And if we grow up, then we'll be like these people. They received the seed into good ground, is he that hears, having heard the word, understands us. The, the, the word in Luke, that's exactly what it says. It says, having heard. Not hearing the word, having heard. In other words, they heard the word and they immediately heard it. They didn't just hear it, they heard it. It, it became past, present, and future for them. It became their everything. And they heard it, and because they heard it, they understood it. And when you understood it, you become a hearer, and a doer and when you're a hearer and a doer you begin to bear fruit and how do you know if you got God in the lead you're bearing fruit if God's in his right place your soil's clean you're bearing fruit you're bearing 30 you're bearing 60 you're bearing 100 fold you're bearing fruit if God's in the lead you're bearing fruit a lot of people say I don't think I'm bearing fruit you're looking you're you're looking too hard first of all amen because sometimes you're affecting people's lives just with your smile if God's in the lead, your smile's anointed. If God's in the lead, your handshake has purpose. If God's in the lead, your life has purpose. The things you do now have purpose. God doesn't just lead you to take you somewhere. He leads you to, to do things while you're on your way. 
Everything he does has value and purpose. And when he's in the lead, our lives now have value and purpose. They now begin to do the things that God wanted them to do all along. And there's joy. Why? Because you're doing what God created you to do. Amen? You're no longer got things blocking you. You got, no, you got, all, got rid of all the stones. You, got, you tilled up the hard ground. And now you got seed that's coming up daily. And you're hearing testimonies of how God did this and God did that. You know, the other day, and, and God gives you tangible I love you's. My mom used to call him that. He'll send you to places just so you can see what, what's, what, what he's doing through you. The other day, we, every place we went the other day, and, and did something, people would come to us and say, oh, you don't know how much I needed that or how much that blessed me. And, you know, it doesn't happen every day, but God wanted the people, he wanted us to see that that day. Why? Because it's a blessing. And, and, and he wanted us to see that what he was doing through us was making a difference even if we didn't think it was. But, on, but for us, we were just having fun doing it anyway, so it really didn't matter. But it was really nice to see, and it's always nice to hear a good testimony. But, but those are the things, when, when God's in the lead, you're bearing fruit. You're bearing fruit everywhere you go. So if God's in the lead of your life tonight, you're going to walk out of here and you're still going to be bearing fruit. You might say, well, I just got a couple flowers. I, I planted tomatoes again this year. I'm getting a tomato. <laughs> uh, I was a little shook because I went to a friend's house the other day and he planted his tomatoes at the same time I did. And his are like this. And I'm like... Mine are like this. He's like, what would you do? I'm like, I don't know. I put them in a bucket and I put them outside. He said, I don't know about you. I'm getting tomatoes. But you know, when, once you get a flower, you're, you're really close to getting What What if I said, I'll forget it. I'm not getting any. I had a flower. I'm, I'm almost there. Let it happen. Amen? In your life. You got flowers blooming right now. And, and the next thing that happens when the flower blooms, then, then they pollinate and, and you get a tomato, right? And, and it's a good thing in a Christian's life. As you do things in the value that God gives in your life, then as you walk and, you're, and the flower comes first, then the next thing you're bearing fruit and that fruit bears seed and then that seed bears bears a stalk and it bears fruit and, and it just keeps going and going. Why? Because that's what a Christian's life is designed to do. Amen? It, it's not designed to get 30, 60, 100 one time. It's designed to get 30, 60, 100, 30, 60, 100, 30, 60, 100, 30, 60, 100. Our lives are valuable when we're following our lead and, we're, and our soil's clean. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. We'll stop there because I don't know where else I could go to end that. Thank you, Lord. Everybody stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. I think the thing that I take out of this so much is that I always want my vision of the Father to be increasing. You know, you can say, well, he's love, man, he's awesome. But you, you, even when we say that, we, we only have a per- small percentage of really how good he is. We haven't even touched on the goodness of God yet. And, and as we grow as Christians and as a body of Christ, if we'll stay together, if we'll stay and we won't let offenses and things split us apart and, and tear, us, tear us away, you know, the church is not just these churches, but the church as, as a whole. It doesn't need to be separated and torn apart by, by experiences or lack of them. You know, the tan dog bites church 
is against the tan dog loves church, is against the white dogs are never good church. And there's too many of those. If we're just walking in love, he'll show us how to be anywhere and be effective everywhere. Amen? Glory to God. You guys got a song? I trust you.